Mother's Day is not the same for everyone. Uh, we recognize that and realize that. Um, I saw, Megan, I saw your post yesterday on the Rayland Project and just encouraging people to be mindful of, of those uh, that may not be having a happy Mother's Day today on those that have lost maybe a mom this past year. And our mind and our heart is with you and we're thoughtful uh, in our thoughts of you. And God is our ever-present help in our time of trouble. He is always there for us in the midst of our storms. And our thoughts and prayers are with you and those of you who are watching online. And we're just uh, grateful for, for the opportunity to be able to serve this body known as the Bridge Church. And uh, can we just have a moment of prayer for those that may be struggling this morning in the room? If you would bow your head. Father, we come to you this day, and Lord, we ask for those that are having a harder day today. God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would descend on us. As your word says, that he would be our comforter, that he would be our guide. God, I pray that you would just rest upon those with heavy hearts today. God, provide your tender mercies into our lives. Be with us today. Help lead and guide us in your truth. Be present in our time of trouble, as your word says that you promise. Rest upon us today, O God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, we're going to continue our unwholesome talk series today, but we have a special uh, speaker with us today named Dusty. Does everybody know Dusty? So let's welcome Dusty as he comes. I think we're going to try that mic one more time. If not, Dusty, you may have to try this. I don't think it's that one. Okay. I like the red cable anyway. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you all. Um, that first round of applause wasn't very good. Can I get a second round of applause? Yes, yes. There we go. That was much better. And uh, so now that we're starting off on the right foot, uh, we'll, we'll continue on. I wasn't going to preach. Um, you guys didn't clap very well, and so I was just going to leave, you know what I mean? And, uh, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so uh, before I get started today, though, I do have, um, since it is Mother's Day, um, I do have just a really quick... Um, uh, thing I want to do before we jump into the sermon, and um, I want to highlight two of my favorite bridge mothers um, here at uh, the bridge. Um, so if I could, I would like for uh, Andrea and Brittany to, to join me up here uh, on the stage. So give them a round of applause as they come. Look at them. Yes. All right. These two um, are special to Albie and I here um, at the bridge. Not that any other mother isn't, um, but uh, these two have been very, um, very, <laughs> uh, 
very helpful. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I, I, uh, I'm trying to do wholesome talk, um, not unwholesome speak. <laughs> That's great. That's a good shirt. Um, all right. Um, so anyway, uh, as I was saying, I was trying to be nice, guys. Um, these two are super helpful to Albie and I at, at the Bridge uh, Student Ministries. Whether that be, literally, I had to take Brittany out of class because she's over there serving in the, uh, the nursery, um, teaching the little kids, loving on them. Um, they're constantly volunteering to chaperone, to give, um, to bring food. Um, they're just so nice and so kind as far as their hearts, just servant hearts and things like that. I really appreciate these two so much um, and uh, just love them to death, you know what I mean? So, uh, what? There's no punchline. I'm trying to be nice. You guys come up here with a shirt. Anyway, uh, like I said, they're great, right? You guys love Brittany and Andrea? Yeah. <laughs> I love them, love them, although I am kind of hot. I need to take this jacket off because this is a good, uh, huh? Wait. It's pretty good, but it's a good Mother's Day gift, I think, you know, just this, sh it makes me laugh every time I see it. We have a, a double agent, shout out Christina in the back there. She is a, a shirt master and uh, will just make any shirt you need. So shout out to her, um, as you can clearly see, the two anti-dusty. But I also, I have another gift for them. Um, gifts aren't really Mother's Day gifts unless they come from the kids, right? So I do have two more gifts. If you guys could join me out here, Gage and Mylon. Yes, there we go. <laughs> yes. Now this one's really good. And uh, this one looks like something out of a horror movie. So, um, so that's what this is all about. But, but for real though, I, we, we joke and we play, but uh, I do love these two and I'm super happy that they're a part of the bridge. Um, <laughs> you guys need to be wearing those at all times, sporting events, um, you know, school, anywhere that uh, your mothers are being, uh, you know, talked about or whatever, and uh, so just wear those with pride. Yes, I know, I, I, I know, I don't, anyway, thank you guys, give them another round of applause, they're the best, you guys are the best, thank you so much, thank you. <laughs> She's looking for a ride home for these two. I'll give you guys a ride. Don't worry. Don't worry. The anti-dusty shirt. That was funny. See, I was just trying to be nice. I was giving gifts. That's wholesome talk, right? That's what we've been trying to do. We're trying to, to learn to be more wholesome in our speak, right? We want to talk about, you know, uplifting people and, and building people up instead of tearing them down. And uh, so that's, just, that's all I'm trying to do. You know, I just want to let them know that I love them and uh, they're, they're really cool. Um, they're great people. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll jump into our actual sermon for the day. Um, like I said, we've been learning to speak better. I've, it's been really encouraging. Uh, the last couple weeks I've been hearing you guys talking about um, a lot of you making posts saying, hey, I'm trying to do better. Um, I'm trying to be more positive this week instead of being so negative all the time. I'm, 
I'm trying to, to say nicer things to the waiter, to the waitress, to, to people who are serving in, in the community, or um, I tell you what, road crew uh, construction folks, they get a lot of, they catch a lot of flack, you know what I mean? Um, working on the roads, and I've been trying to, you know, be a voice of reason to Albie um, because she gets really upset um, whenever there's road construction because Albie likes to go her way, you know, and um, if something's blocking her way, it throws everything off, and then she gets all mad and huffy and puffy, and I have to be like, Albie, they're fixing the road. It's going to be better when they're done. Just give them time to fix it, you know what I mean? But they catch a lot of flack for that. I'm trying to be more positive in that. And uh, it's been really cool, been super encouraging, and um, I'm very glad. I love to see God moving um, through in the church and also just making improvements and tweaking, and um, it's been a really, really awesome thing. So we've been learning how to change our uh, unwholesome talk, and this week I just kind of want to vary just a little bit, and I want to teach us how to respond to unwholesome talk. Um, so we've been thinking about how does that, you know, how does our speech affect others? And uh, I want to talk just a little bit about how you should respond when you hear people speaking poorly about you. Who in here, by a raise of hand, has had someone say something bad about them? Every hand should be up. And if not, I mean, they're going to, so just wait, <laughs> okay? Not because you're terrible, but just because people like to complain and people like to say things, and that's just how things work. Um, so, um, if you haven't been talked about yet, you probably will be, but I promise it's going to be okay, because we're going to learn today how we should respond in those situations and how we should uh, react. And um, so we'll be going to uh, the book of Nehemiah. If you guys have your Bibles or if you have a Bible app or whatever, we're going to go to Nehemiah chapter 2. And while you're going to Nehemiah chapter 2, I just want to refresh you guys on the theme verse for this series. It's from Ephesians 4 to 9, and it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And I heard Pastor Ben in week one, I had to go back and listen on the podcast. Thank God for the podcast. How cool was that? Uh, you can go back and, and check out the sermons you missed, or if you just wanted to hear it again, you can go listen to it. Uh, so amazing. Uh, you can go check those out on our uh, the Bridge Facebook page, or you can go to wherever you consume uh, podcasts, and you can find them there um, at the Bridge podcast. And uh, But anyway, I heard week one, Pastor Ben said, he wondered how many marriages that ended in divorce would have ended in divorce if this verse was applied. And I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. That's a huge thought. You know, how many marriages, how often, uh, you don't have to raise your hands on this one, but how many times have you said something to your spouse that was unwholesome, that wasn't exactly, you meant to say it because you said it, but it wasn't what, after you said it, you were like, oh, man. I shouldn't have said that. That was too far, or I shouldn't have, or, or whatever that looks like to you. And I just wonder how many marriages would have been saved if only the things that came out of their mouth were things that were building each other up. And that, that was a huge thought for me. And so I, my goal was to be more wholesome in my speak towards Albie and, and to work on that and to be better towards that. And uh, that was a really, really awesome point. I really uh, made me think. Um, hopefully you guys have had time to get to Nehemiah chapter 2 by now. 
Um, so um, I'm just going to read just a little bit from here, and then I'm going to jump over to chapter 4. You don't have to follow along, but if you want to take notes or if you want to write down the chapters and the verses and all that, um, you can do that and then just go back and read it later. Uh, we actually did a series on Nehemiah. You can also find that on the podcast. It was called Fortified, and uh, that was a couple years back, um, but the series was very good. Um, if you guys would like to go back and listen to that, you can. Um, it's really, really amazing. Uh, Pastor Ben did a great job uh, bringing that, th- those messages across. Um, and Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says this. Early the following spring in the month of Nisan, uh, I guess that's Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. See, Nehemiah is a cupbearer to the king. And he was from a place... Um, called Judah, and at this time he is a, uh, a captive in a foreign land, and in this time he became the king's cupbearer, so the job of the cupbearer is to, to make sure that the wine or anything that he brings to, for the king to drink is safe, that it's not poisoned, and he can trust him, and so he has the highest trust, and uh, so Nehemiah is the cupbearer to the king, and he says, I had never appeared sad in his presence, So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? How can I help you? How often do you notice people looking down, looking stressed, looking sad, looking distraught, looking a little off, and we say, well, what's wrong? Are you okay? Everything all right? And then they tell you, and then we'll say stuff like, uh, uh, oh, man, I'll be praying for you then. Uh, hopefully everything gets better. You know, that's tough. You know, that's, that's rough. Um, and that's awesome. You should be praying for those folks. Uh, but if you're like me, a lot of times if I don't pray immediately, I forget. Um, and I'll go about my week, and then I'm like, oh, man, I was supposed to pray for so-and-so, but I didn't. Um, and, and so I just wonder what that statistic is of people that say, hey, I'm going to be praying for you this week, actually, if they actually do pray for you that week. But instead, what if we said something like, well, how can I help you? You see, little words like that can change people's day. Asking how can I help instead of, oh, well, that, that's really terrible, and I'm thinking about you, and my thoughts are with you this week. Words have a way of changing people's day. Um, I was having a really bad Monday morning last Monday. Um, It was not necessarily because anything happened. You ever just woke up on Monday and you're just like, I'm not feeling this. (laughs) Like, it's Monday and I don't want to go to work and I I just don't want to. You know what I mean? Like that Monday morning, just ugh. And so I woke up and I was feeling that. Like, I didn't feel like going to work. I didn't feel like uh, doing anything, really. Um, but I did. I, I get up. I do my normal morning routine. Anybody else have a routine that they follow every single morning? Yes, you're my people. So I do the same thing every single morning. And um, so I, I get going. I get my, you know, I'm running like maybe two or three minutes behind schedule. But it's not going to make any difference. I'll get to work plenty of time. Um, but then I get to my exit at Franklin Furnace, and the exit's closed because they're doing road work. 
And I'm like, what the going it? So now I got to go all the way down to Haver Hill, cross back, come back. So it adds an extra about eight, nine minutes to my drive time, which puts me about three minutes late for work. And I'm like, I hate being late, contrary to popular belief. I do hate to be late. And um, I, uh, so I get out of my truck, I got my gym bag, and I'm just walking across the parking lot. And on the side of the building is where the, uh, our Bridges clients are at work. And a lot of them are my former clients that I had up at Foundations. And I'm, I'm just walking, I'm just in my own little zone, but I hear them counting. They're going one, two, three, and then on three, they all yelled, good morning, like at the top of their lungs, and they were waving and smiling. And I was like, it just immediately made me smile and wave back as a response. And I was like, man, that was really nice, you know, in my head. And then I, I was like, good morning to you guys, you know, and then I go up to the building. I put my key in the door to go in, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go tell them that that really made a big difference in my day. So I walked over there, and I was like, hey, guys, listen, I was having a terrible, awful morning. Um, I'm running late. I'm not, you know, where I'd like to be. I just don't feel like it today. But you guys yelling good morning to me like that really, really made me feel good, and I really appreciate that. And so they were like, they're like, oh, and they continued that for the rest of the week. They would yell good morning every single morning, and it would just put me in a good mood. Simple words like good morning, you know, you probably heard that 20 times this morning at church. A lot of times that doesn't mean a whole lot to you. But when you're having a bad morning, when you're not feeling your best, when you're not feeling it that day and someone genuinely says good morning to you in a nice manner, that makes you feel nice. It makes you feel good. Words have a way of changing people's day. And that changed my weight. It changed my week. I have no doubt that I would have carried on that attitude throughout the week because I just do stuff like that. But it changed my week. It changed my day. The king asked, how can I help you? How can I help you? Instead of asking, you know, what's wrong or, or you know, why are you so stressed? Like, we look at uh, Megan, and she's always got a thousand projects going on, Megan. And, and, uh, and you know, I'm like, Megan, you okay? She's like, I'm okay. You've got a lot going on, you know. And instead of me saying, well, I'll be praying for you, I'm, how can I help you? So, you know, Megan... Whenever the Raylan Project 5K comes, you know you have me, you have Albie, and you have the full power of the youth group behind you, okay? Pumpkin carving, you let us know, okay? How can we help? You just let us know, okay? We're there for you, no matter what. But how can I help you can change someone's day, can change someone's whole week. So let's move into chapter 4. At this point, Nehemiah, after the king asks, hey, uh, what can I do to help? Nehemiah says, well, here's what you can do. You can give me some materials to rebuild my homeland, all right? And you can give me, like, a guard to go with me to protect me while I'm doing it. And the king does it. He loves Nehemiah, trusts Nehemiah, so he just does this for, for Nehemiah. And at this point, he's already there. He's already begun rebuilding, and he's doing these things. And, uh, and so we're going to pick up in chapter 4. Um, let's see here. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Uh, Sam Ballot was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. Sometimes when you do things that God wants you to do, people are going to be upset. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army of officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're going to do? Do they think they can rebuild the wall in a single day just by offering a few sacrifices? 
Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked across the top of it. So these two people are being naysayers. They're being the people that we run into a lot and very often when we're trying to do good things. When we're trying to be on our game, we're trying to do what we know is right, you're going to run across a couple of sand ballots in your life. You're going to run across a couple of Tobias in your life. People who are naysayers, who are saying terrible things to you. So how do you respond when someone speaks unwholesomely towards you? How are you responding? Our natural responses as humans is what? We go back at them, right? Or, or, or we, uh, we attack them too, or, or we, or we want to fight, or we, we get mad, or we go around. Oh, they're talking about me, and, you know, like, it, it makes me sad. And so we do those things. But I want to teach you a biblical way to respond when people are speaking unwholesomely about you about your dreams, about your family, about your goals, about what God has for your life. Um, and I'm going to do it with three P's. If you want to write them down, three P's. Um, the first one is prayer. The second one is prepare. And the third one is produce. Prayer, prepare, produce. In the following verses, we're going to see Nehemiah pray, prepare, and produce. And it's going to be great. So I want to, to show you guys just a couple things. We'll highlight just a couple verses, and then we'll be done for the day. Number one, prayer. When faced with unwholesome talk, Nehemiah immediately runs straight to God. Instead of, like I said, responding immediately, instead of lashing out, instead of um, going around and, and whining, complaining, whatever he might be doing, instead of doing those things, he runs straight to God. The very next verse, after you see Sambal and Tobiah um, speaking unwholesomely toward him, the very next verse, chapter 4, verses 4 through 5, says, Then I prayed, Hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins. For they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. That's Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. Run to God first. When people are coming at you with unwholesome talk, go to God first. Give God the chance for vengeance first. I know your natural response is to protect. I know your natural response is to is to respond in some type of way. But you don't always have to do that first. I used to have a bracelet on that said, Pray First. And it was a wonderful reminder. In any situation I was in, that I would pray first as a response instead of reacting first. Pray first. Let that be the reaction that comes across first. He goes immediately to God and tells and lets God take care of the situation. And even though he does that, even though he prays first, he still follows through with preparation. 
So our second point is prepare. Prepare. He prepares for the worst even after he's prayed. This is Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 13. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. He didn't take the threats lightly. He didn't just say, okay, I prayed, everything's going to be fine. He still prepared for the worst. He still was ready in times of, of trouble. He was still going to be ready for that. And so even though people are speaking unwholesome, and even though he's taking it to God, he's still prepared. It's just like a man or a woman prepares uh, for the worst in their home. A lot of you probably have concealed carry, or you guys own guns, and you have guns in your home just in case someone breaks in. What if someone breaks in in the middle of the night and you need to prepare uh, to defend your family? You know, what if that happens? What if something happens out on the street? You get mugged, or what if someone comes in in a shooting situation or something like that, and you're prepared for that, you're prepared for the worst? Schools have, have uh, a preparation for if there's an active shooter in the building. They know, they've trained. Does that mean that there's going to be one that happens? God forbid. But... If it does, they're prepared to act if it does. And that's the way we should be also. We should be constantly preparing, even though hopefully God's got, well, I know God's got this, but hopefully nothing happens. But just in case, I'm going to prepare for the worst. Now, I'm not saying that it's okay to respond in, in, in violence. I'm not saying for you to go around fighting people and doing all kinds of crazy things. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's good to prepare. You know, Jesus teaches us to turn, turn the other cheek. And vengeance is surely the Lord's. Amen? However, even Jesus was prepared to run people out of the temple when they were being disrespectful. Even Jesus was prepared to do something to defend. And so we should be like that as well. So prepare yourselves. Go to God first, pray first, prepare for the worst. Point number three is never stop working, is produce. Produce, never stop working. Nehemiah 4, 21 through 22 says, We worked early and late from sunrise to sunset, and half the men were always on guard. I also told every living, everyone living outside the walls to stay in Jerusalem. That way they and their servants could help with guard duty at night and work during the day. They worked nonstop. They're trying to build this new wall. They're trying to get it back up to fortify the gates that have been destroyed by their enemies. And they want to build it. So they're building and they're working nonstop towards this goal that they have. It says they worked from sunrise to sunset. They didn't stop. When Sam Ballot came and was saying, you guys are stupid, what do you think you're going to do with this? You got a bunch of charred rubble here. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? They didn't give up. They didn't give up. I'm sure whenever people come to Kayla and they say, Kayla, you're from Lewis County, 
playing softball. You're never going to, you, you're from Lewis County. It's a small little town. You're never going to go anywhere. Well, look at her, right? Number two in the state. Is that right? That's my girl, dude. That's awesome. You're going to have people that are naysayers. It doesn't matter what they say. Amen? It doesn't matter. If God has a calling for your life, pursue it. And produce, produce, produce no matter what. Keep moving forward. Keep doing what God has for you. You'll thank yourself, I promise. You're going to have people say things along the way that are unwholesome, that don't feel good when you hear them, but that doesn't matter because you know you're doing the right thing. You know you're working towards a goal. You know you've got the right things in your mind and you're, and you're doing what God wants you to do. Never stop working. People will tell you that you're not good enough. They'll tell you you're not smart enough. They'll tell you that you don't deserve it. That you can't do that because you're a woman. Or you shouldn't do that because you're a man. You can't do that because you're black. You can't do that because you're white. I'm telling you that it doesn't matter your color, your race. It doesn't matter where you've come from, who you've been, your sex. It does not matter. If God has a calling on your life, ain't nothing going to stop you. Nothing going to stop you. If you're doing the right things and you're working towards what God has for you in your life, it doesn't matter if Sam Ballot comes out of the woodworks and starts talking about how stupid you are and how you're never going to amount to anything. It don't matter when Tobiah comes and says, oh, what you've built is garbage, it's rubble, it's, it's a heap of trash. It don't matter. It don't matter. God has something greater for you than simply giving up when it gets rough. So keep pushing, keep moving forward. It's important to keep producing even in the face of unwholesome talk because people will talk, talk, and talk. So when people come your way with negativity, people come your way with unwholesome speak, pray, prepare, produce. Easy is one, two, three, right? So let's say it together. Prayer, prepare, produce. Very good. So this week, as you're moving on, and you're moving throughout your week, or you're moving towards your goals, you're pushing towards the right thing, you're doing the good things that you know you're supposed to be doing, I want you to remember prayer, prepare, and produce. Because these three things, the way that Nehemiah responds, guess what? The wall gets built. The wall gets built. And it doesn't matter who's out there coming against you. Keep praying. Keep preparing. Keep producing no matter what. If you guys will stand with me really quickly. I know it's Mother's Day and you guys probably have a lot of cool plans, some of you. And um, I just pray that God will be with you in your plans and that um, you're able to to have a great day. Um, and like Pastor Ben said, it doesn't look the same for every single person. So um, we'll keep those of you in our prayers who are missing your mother today or maybe you 
never had a mother. Just know that we love you and you're important here. So if you'll bow your head and close your eyes. Father, at the very beginning I asked who in here has had someone speak unwholesomely about them. God, almost every single hand went up. God, we're no strangers to when people have unwholesome things to say. And God, we're also no strangers to responding to that. But God, I would say what a lot of us forget to do is turn to you first. So God, I ask that each one of us would be better responding to unwholesome talk. God, that when the naysayers of this world come against us, that we would stand and that we would pray, that we would prepare, and we would produce results regardless. So God, as, as Christians and as people here in Lewis County, we're constantly called underdogs or not good enough or nothing good in this town. God, I ask that you allow us to take pride in this town, this county. Help us, God, to to love it and to work it and just to use it the way you intended for us to use it. And God, for those who are working towards goals, God, God, those who are working towards what you've called them to do, I ask, God, that you would give them the strength to keep moving forward, to keep producing, even when people are saying terrible things about them. God, you know their heart. You know what they're after. You know what you've called them to do. God, give them a daily encouragement. Let them see clearly now, God, that what they're doing is worth it that their calling is important no matter how big or small, that they are important no matter if they feel like it or not. God, we love them here at the bridge, and you love them so much that you gave your son for them. So I pray these things in your son's name. We love you, God, in Jesus' name.